Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. Boo-hoo. Boo-frickety-hoo. Willie Bloomquist, the Arizona State head coach. Oklahoma and Texas Calling out Josh Williams, your LSU starting running back. Who, uh, how's a two-star going to tell us about if we're ready to come in the SEC or not? Brian Kelly's words getting taken out of context. Is it really that big of a deal? At the end of the day, these teams are going to have to start playing one another. And we're going to find out who is for real and who's fugazi. You know, when you go to places around the country, when you go to places around the world and you're trying to buy something, is it real or is it a fugazi? For those of you who not, do not know what fugazi means, it's Italian for fake. Calm down, Peter Pan. Do I need to sprinkle you with some pixie dust? Because you're that upset. (laughs) We got a Rafino's rants in store for you tonight. Recruiting update. Uh, I really think that some of you are going to need to be subscribed to the AYS message board, the AYS forum, AYSSnetwork.com. We'll talk a little bit of a recruiting update uh, here tonight. Zach Nagy from Sports Illustrated joins the show. We didn't have a lot of time with him last year, but from LSU Country, SI now, Zach Nagy, we'll talk some baseball, we'll talk some football with him. What does he think about SEC Media Days uh, uh, that have gone on this week? What do you think about Jane Daniels, Brian Kelly, etc.? We'll have a little bit more of an extended time with Zach Nagy. More from SC Media Days, Clark Lee, Kirby Smart, we'll recap with Jimbo because we didn't have the time last night. We'll talk a little Jimbo, that freaking Rudy Pooh. Got a lot to talk about. Oh, and Dion is back in the news because Brent Venables called him out. A lot of college football to talk about here tonight. If you can't tell by the sound of my voice, I haven't been this excited since last October, early November, when my second child, Jewel, was born. And then the following week, all LSU continues to do is go out there and spank Crimson Tide Cheeks. Best week of my life. (laughs) Anyway, we do got a lot in store here tonight. And as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag Ask Blake. Thoughts, Thoughts, questions, concerns, bring them inside the Rudy Crew chat, and we'll get to as many of them uh, throughout the show 
uh, as we can. But we got people checking in. Chris Lomax says, let's go, baby. Y'all smash that like and share. Yes, I cannot share. So I see my guy C. King is in the building. See if you could do a brother a favor. Share the show to Talking Tiger Sports. If you want a great group, go to Talking Tiger Sports. My man is over that. He runs it. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Uh, but Facebook hit you, boy. With some, They thought I was spam. I had to show them my ID. I had to show them my face. Hey, man, I'm not a bot. I'm a real, living, breathing human being. <laughs> so y'all share to all those groups if you're listening to us on the book. Uh, Shannon Williams Alford says, let's go, let's go, Shannon. Let's do this damn thing. Michael says, LSU baseball is going to be very stacked next year. That they are. That they 1,000% are. <sighs> Look, man, everybody's like, we're not getting this guy from the portal. We're not getting that guy from the portal. Man, Jay knows what he's doing, dog. Angel Reese out there in Baltimore throwing out the first pitch. Gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh, Doug No says, Dion said Brent Venables inherited a Ferrari and crashed it. Yeah. Somebody said, though, Doug, that those comments from Dion actually were false, that he actually didn't say that. Is that confirmed that he said that? Because apparently he did not. If he did, uh-oh. If he didn't, uh-oh. Brent Venables did not take a shot at Dion. One thing is for certain. One thing is for certain. If you're um I am really getting tired of everybody that says the name Dion that it's got to be some kind of controversy, man. It doesn't. It does not have to be some kind of controversy. It's not a controversy. Shut your little pie hole. Okay. Uh, Jamie Brady says, is Luke Holman coming in tomorrow for a visit? Well, speaking of Zach Nagy, our guest for tonight, uh, he reported on Sunday, I'm just going to read it here, he says, Alabama ace Luke Holman will be in Baton Rouge on Wednesday for a visit to LSU. He confirms with me tonight. So we will talk to Zach Nagy about Luke Holman, who, who expects to be in Baton Rouge here on Wednesday. Uh, Penn Jones says, really getting tired of Dion smacking those lips. Well, I mean, well, in fairness, in fairness, Dion really didn't say anything first. It was Brent Venables who said something first about Dion. We'll get into it. Uh, but he, Brent Venables was not calling out Dion. Everybody trying to protect Dion, he does not need your protection. He doesn't. He's a grown-ass man. He didn't need your protection when he cut all those kids over at Colorado. He doesn't need your protection now. He doesn't. Uh, I like this one from Jason Brumfield. He says, hearing all these coaches, other coaches speak make me feel great about having BK lead the program. Yeah, so we'll talk about SC Media Days. We'll talk about Brian Kelly and our Rufino's rants. Uh, as well. Some of y'all going to have to just cool it, bro. Some of y'all are going to have to cool it. You know, like people saying that he can't recruit, he's not recruiting at a high level, but that, you know, like a part of my Rafino's rants, would, it, tonight's going to be like, if you're a fan, I'm sorry that you bought into all the negative BS. And now you're out there getting confirmations from people on recruits that are going to be at the Bayou Splash. In, uh, in 10 days, less less than two weeks, then all of a sudden, I'm telling you what's going to happen. You're going to come on this show. You're going to go on everybody else's show, and you're going to go on the message boards, and you're going to say, oh, man, look at Brian Kelly come in and swoop in and do his deal. No, the truth is the people, some of the people saying it, some of the people saying it don't know what the hell they're talking about. Huh. 
Anyway, we do got a lot to get into. <laughs> a lot to get into. All right. Let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. I told you we can't share these groups anymore. There's been some technicalities, I guess, with it. Um, so if you're on Facebook, so many of you join us on Facebook, so many watch you watch us live uh, on Facebook, do us a favor, man. It really helps us. Just hit the like and share. It helps that algorithm. Do us a favor. Hit the like and share. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, I think we got about 100 in here. Only 30 likes, man. Where's the other 70 of you? Where's the other 70 of you? Do us a favor by hitting that like and share. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we mentioned that rate, review, and subscribe. If you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome. My name is Blake Rafino. This is the Believe Sports Channel. All right, talking about our good friends though, over at betonline.ag. Our good friends over at GM Farno and Sons. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot to discuss. Rafino's rants. Keep Brian Kelly's name out your. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo & Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992, 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. sit you on by. We're, We're back. <laughs> but Texas isn't. All right, we got a lot to discuss. I do like this one, though, from our good friends over at Fry Construction. Site work, land development, oil and gas services, commercial construction, aggregate and soil hauling, waste containers, demolition, they do it all. They're out there in units, y'all. Give them a call today at 337-457-5100. Let them know that Blake Rafino sent you on by. But a good friend, Stephen Fry, says, I can listen to BK talk football all damn day, and so can I. Right, so can I. But here's what I don't understand. Josh Williams, and we probably should have talked about this yesterday. I don't really think what Josh Williams said. I don't think what on three put. I don't know what the big deal is. I don't know why Texas and Oklahoma fans are making this such a big deal. But you're running back. Your guy that's been here since 2019, Josh Williams, really a fan favorite at this point, was asked a question saying, hey, man, I knew you grew up an LSU fan, but – you're from the state of Texas. What do you think about Texas and Oklahoma coming in? He goes, man, I, I don't think they know what they're cut in for, but I really think it's good for the league. I think it's good for them. They're two great teams that are coming into the SEC. And on three came out and said something to the effect and cut out the second half of that comment. Okay. They did it for clicks. They did it for a headline. You know that. I know that. Everybody and their mama knows that. They did it for clicks and headlines. No big deal. A lot of people do it that are content creators. I don't really, at this point, people that are going to do stuff for clickbait, I really don't care anymore. I think you're old enough by now to know that it's going to happen. It's literally going to happen. They're trying to sell revenue. They're trying to sell subscriptions. They're trying to get revenue. I get it. I run the same type of, I'm doing the same type of thing that they're doing. I, I get it. I'm, I understand that. What I don't understand is why Texas and Oklahoma fans are complaining as much as they are. You know, I called out Texas a couple of weeks ago in reference to some of the things that they were doing in negatively recruiting 
LSU saying things that weren't true, saying things like I'm hearing through the you know through sources that they're coming out here talking about. Oh well, LSU is going to be pro, uh, on probation. They can't get to a national title this year, even if they wanted to. Well, that's not true. They can get to the playoff. They don't have a postseason ban. I don't know what Sarkeesian's doing over there, but yelling at people who work for TV stations or work for ESPN and they accidentally put their hand on you and you're in their face barking, maybe you need to calm down, Chico. Maybe you need to calm down a little bit. Your fan base needs to calm down a little bit. You thinking you're going to win the Big 12 will go out there and prove it. Oklahoma, with all due respect, you went 6-7 and seven last year. You got a lot to prove. He's not wrong. The same things that Josh Williams say you already know is true. Didn't say anything wrong. Did not say one thing wrong. He was actually on the team that beat you in 2019. Josh Williams has more wins. He's been here. This will be his fifth year. But in the four years that he's been here, in the four years that Josh Williams has been a player at LSU, you could take two of those years, and he has more wins than, than the University of Texas in that same span. In the last four. Texas, you're not what you think that you are. You're not a good team. You've not been a good team. You might be able to get to 10 wins this year. The Big 12's not a good conference. It's a reason that you're leaving it. You can't say that the Big 12's a good conference and then say, we're going to the SEC. We're going to do some things. No, you're not. Keep Josh Williams' names out your name out of your mouth. The problem is, is that then you say, oh, well, a two-star would never or should never talk about us like that. Well, Justin Jefferson was a two-star, and he was the reason that you lost. He scored the clinching touchdown for LSU for you to lose. Why you're making this such a big deal beats the hell out of me. But one thing that I feel very certain in is without even really playing a game, LSU in Texas has been kind of come a thing. LSU in Texas has become, guys, I see it maybe as a rivalry in the making. Whether you like it, love it, or hate it, Sark's made comments. LSU's made comments. I'm all for it. Because I kind of have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen there. Everybody keeps saying Sark, Sark, Sark. They recruit, they recruit, they recruit. Well, they've been recruiting. At some point, you got to actually wake up and do something. You might get the 10 wins. Good for you. Sounds good, sweetheart. We were we literally have been there as LSU fans, media, players, coaches. We've been there. We've been staying there. What are you talking about, Kimosabi? If you're gonna overreact to Josh Williams' comments, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you for the issues that some people for whatever reason and why they've been a day late have any kind of issues with Brian Kelly's comments you know Brian Kelly is catching a little heat in reference to him saying look we've closed that gap we're closing that gap to get back to the Georgias to to get back to the Alabamas oh and then everybody says well what about the recruiting rankings well LSU's right there with you because when I look at, like, what we're going to see in two weeks, like, so just so we're all clear on this, I don't know if you know this, but you're actually going to have to go play the games on the field this year. Don't forget about that. You actually are going to go out there in two weeks and find out and start finding out what kind of team you actually have. Because in two weeks, here's what I know from an LSU perspective. In two weeks, I know that I have an offensive line that has a set five starters on offense. Can Mason Lunsford move his way into a right guard, left guard scenario? We'll wait and see. But you have a starting five on the offensive line that you feel pretty damn good with. 
you pretty much have a damn good idea what your top four wide receivers are and the talent that you possess there. Today, today, there were a lot of NFL draft people that were coming out and saying, look, here's our big boards. Here's where we got on all positions. You get to wide receiver, it's Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors at number two, being the second potential wide receiver to come off the board. Malik Neighbors was your best playmaker, quite honestly, not named Jane Daniels a year ago. Let's call it what it is. 1,000% that he was. Now Aaron Anderson enters that fold. You can tell that Kyron Lacey has taken a step forward. Can Brian Thomas take the leap? And look, Brian Kelly has been very open and honest about what he thinks about Brian Thomas. He thinks that he could be the best receiver in the entire room. Much less, much less being a second or third option. But what you have at receiver is arguably the most talented in the entire country. Guys, one thing that people have forgotten about, one thing that people have forgotten about, yeah, you have the top four in Lacey, Anderson, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas. But what people just seem to forget, Landon Ibietta had a massive spring. Shelton Sampson is a top 30 uh, player in the country coming in, and some people believe that you're not going to be able to stop him once he steps foot with pads on on that field. Oh, and by the way, Kyle Parker's out there. You know what you have in running back. We've talked about that position at nauseum over the last couple of weeks. You know that you would you return at quarterback. You Jane Daniels and the preseason is going to be projected as the number one quarterback in the SEC. You can like him, love him, or hate him. If he takes that next step forward, offensively you're set. We talked about defense a lot last night. Last Thursday, I, I will say it. We came out here and talked about sources. I played this. You, The four games that you lost, I'll just say three because I'll take Tennessee out of it. You lost Florida State. You lost against Texas A&M. You lost against Georgia because of your inability to get off the field on third down. You've replaced your defense with tons of depth in the front seven. So, people look at Brian Kelly, I get it, and say to what he's done in the past, oh, Brian Kelly can't win the big one. What in the absolute hell do you call Alabama a year ago? What do you call it? What do you call Jane Daniels with a bum ankle throwing for 200 yards in the first half? And, oh, by the way, the backup quarterback, he threw for 300 in the second. You can see the progress growing here. I just stuck the absolute hell out of my finger with my pen. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I think you're the second-best team in the SEC. I have really refrained myself from saying that I think that this team is a playoff team. I've asked guests. I've asked guests, you know, is it playoff or bust? I've asked every guest that covers LSU or college football that's come on this show. All of them have said playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. I'm kind of trying to temper myself a little bit. I, I, I've seen this story before. I hadn't seen it with Brian Kelly, though. I think you're the second-best team in the in the SEC. Depending on how you dictate how good Georgia is, I think that you could be the second-best team maybe in the country because I don't know what I'm going to get at Ohio State. USC's defense is, is looser than lean of the plug. <laughs> But everybody's got holes and issues. 
you have a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks in the SEC. Georgia has them. Alabama clearly has them. Florida has them. A&M has them. Arkansas, can they be any? Do they have a remote pulse defensively? Because last year they didn't. The one thing that you kind of know about, like, yeah, secondary is a position group that you don't really know about with LSU. Everything else, you kind of really do. LSU didn't lose any one of their coordinators. Their position coaches are back. Their quarterback coach is back. You had the back-to-back national champion saying that retention rate is what's helped me win national titles. So today, you had Kirby, back-to-back natty winner, come out and say, guys, you want to know what's helped me win these back-to-back national titles? Retention. So when he says that, the first thing that goes to my mind is, well, then what's the argument for LSU? You return both coordinators. You return every staff member not named Brian Polian, who some believe, yeah, okay. Jamar Kane goes to the NFL. Well, a guy that's Jimmy Lindsay that is coming in, yeah, the book stock might still be a little out on him, but have you seen the mammoths that he's got to work with up front? My point is, my point is, okay, if retention is the biggest thing in all of this and what Carby says is his biggest success, then what are you talking about with LSU? Because Kirby Smart knows more about football than you and I combined, more than likely. Since he does know more than you and I combined, and he says something like that, yeah, I think you should feel really good about your team. And what happens is, and I know the reasons why you're unable to, um, why you're unable to enjoy it is because some of the negativity surrounding it. Oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, Alex Malazzo just announced that he's going to be back next year for LSU. So now you have Alex Hayden Travinsky who came back and Brady Neal who also said that they were returning. Just some people – I had four text messages in a row. It was like, bing, bing, bing. I don't know if you all heard my phone. So if if you do, if you did, if you did just hear my phone, you want to know what it's like. <laughs> That's my phone when some shit starts popping off. <laughs> Sounds like a damn vibrator. All right. Let me mention this before we get to um, blocked. Let me get to um, this before we get rolling. So, want to talk a little bit of recruiting. Then Zach Nagy is going to be joining us in three minutes. Um, so, look, Kai Bates, the DB, came out today and said that he is going to be announcing on the 26th. Here's what I'll say about Kai Bates. I think you should keep an eye on him, okay? I still don't think that it's over with him, regardless of what happens on the 26th. I think it's Tennessee and then everybody else for this one. I do hear that there are some teams that are trying to get back in the fold late with doing some things. It's what I hear. You know, the walls are really thin around the the places of of Baton Rouge. So I'm just going to tell you, sometimes you hear some things that maybe you should, again, I think it's Tennessee and everybody else, but I don't think it's over with. One thing that LSU fans are not going to do, and and I want to make this pretty well known, just so we understand. You had two LSU boosters, don't forget about this, who paid nearly, what was it, like $60,000, $75,000 in jello shots. That's what they combined in pain. Um, so about that, if they're spending $75,000 in jello shots, what do you think that they're 
about to do in recruiting. LSU's got a big Bayou splash coming up on the uh, 28th, so 10 days away. What do you think they're about to do there? So, a lot of narratives are starting to change, and which you can't enjoy the the run that you know the off season that LSU has. You know, like I remember in nineteen, the whole off season was man. Burrow just came out and said that he thinks that they're going to score forty points a game, and you're not able to enjoy because everybody around you's bringing in the negativity. And Brian Kelly, quite honestly, has just put his shield around football ops and goes. Bah, bah, bah. Flipping them off, saying, no, not really. You know, like, I don't know if any of you have watched Harry Potter in here, but remember in the uh, the, the last Harry Potter when uh, McGonagall or whatever her name is came out and says, mound the boundaries, protect us, and they put a big old shield around Hogwarts. I call up to football ops once or twice a day. And the outside noise that you're hearing in recruiting is bouncing on that invisible wall that Brian Kelly has put about noise. Yeah, this guy said, yeah, wait till the 28th. So all I'm going to say is sub to the forum, but you need to prepare yourself. Like some of you that are older in age, some of you that are not older in age, some of you that are in college age might need to go buy some Depends. Because you're going to be peeing yourself with the success that Brian Kelly is going to have here in recruiting. All right. Zach Nagy's joining us. Um, let's get to him. Guys, we have him? Okay. They're in the back saying, Mr. Blake, Nagy's here. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Let's get to him. Let's talk about our good friend, uh, Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty and our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Let's recap some more of what Brian Kelly's saying. More LSU football talk. We talk about it next. He will sell your house and find you anew. Well, Tyler's the man. He's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler. He'll shoot you straight. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair, are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. All right, we are joined here. He was here last week, but we kind of ran out of time in this segment, but he's back. He's joining us today, our good buddy Zach Nagy. What's going on, bud? How are we doing tonight? How's it going, dude? Let's do it. Um, so we do have a lot to discuss. So let me first uh, start here. I, I know, <laughs> Zach, that we're, I'll see you two weeks from today, I believe, out there at LSU Ops because we'll go to our first practice. But I still got to ask you a, a baseball question, even though we're midway through July. You reported that you had spoke to Luke Hallman, who will be here tomorrow. Can you... Dive in into a little bit, of the, uh, a little bit of that you did last week, but he did confirm with you, if I'm not mistaken, that he will be in Baton Rouge tomorrow. Correct? Yeah, that's correct. I talked to Luke. I believe it was last, maybe Friday night. Talked for a pretty long time just about his recruitment. It was one of the first big updates he's given since he kind of entered the portal. He was doing Team USA baseball. You and I spoke about that last week as well. 
And now he's kind of hitting the ground running with his recruiting process. We both kind of know, uh, I, I, I reported that he saw Tennessee on Monday. He's at Mississippi State today. And then tomorrow he'll be in Baton Rouge. He might take a day or two to kind of like take things in and then potentially hit Auburn. He has every single SEC school, SEC school in his ear. There's no, uh, no one's slowing down. Everybody's pushing. He has a slew of programs. Even West Johnson at Georgia's hitting him up. It, it's not even, it, it's not slowing down. His recruiting process is hot. But more importantly, it'll be in Baton Rouge tomorrow. Talk to Jay Johnson. Talk to Nate Yeski, the new pitching coach. Check out the Marucci facility. Just check out everything that he can. And, you know, continue going through the process before ultimately making a decision. He told me that his decision date is by the end of July. So going into August, he wants to know where he'll be going to school. And it, it's, it, it'll be interesting down the stretch. You know, Mississippi State's making their heavy push. He went and saw Tennessee first. So those are his probably, you know, his final three schools, and we'll work from there. But LSU's going to LSU's gonna turn the heat up on him. Jay Johnson's going to put his foot on the gas. So let me just tell you what I heard when you said that. You ready? I'm excited to see what you got to say after this. I heard Jay Johnson's getting the last crack at this. That's what I heard. Uh, in a perfect world, he hits Baton Rouge tomorrow, checks out everything that they have to offer. In a perfect world, he shuts it down after that. Hell a, yes! It, that's what I perfect, heard. In a perfect world, that's what would happen. A lot of guys are putting their foot on the gas for him. He's a cup. He's as coveted as they come. It's him and Braden Montgomery. Those are your two top guys. So, you know, could Mississippi State go two for two? And that would be absolutely outrageous. Um, but you're gonna yeah. you're gonna see LSU turn up the heat and hopefully try to get him to shut things down. You know, tomorrow. But it's gonna be tough. He said he wanted to go try to check out Auburn. So, by no means is it his last visit. But could it be? Could be, man. Could be. Portal King. Portal King. Portal it, it, King. It's, it's what it is. At this point, I'm, 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 I'm ready to lock that in. <laughs> all right, I love Zach Nagy joining us. We'll let you know where you can catch all of his content. Um, so I'm going to kind of uh, – Zach, I've asked you this. I asked you this last week, but I kind of want to expound on it a little bit. Obviously, Brian Kelly was at SC Media Days. I guess what was the biggest things that you took away from him uh, on Monday? I love the first question because if you remember last week when you and I spoke, you said, what would I ask if I was there? And I said, first thing I want to know is the secondary was the first question you got asked. He talked about, about the, the holes in secondary, correct. That was the one thing that I really wanted to hear what he had to say about just because, you know, it, it's a fresh-faced group, new transfers. We talked about it last week. Just It's a group that has some work that needs to be done. Aside from that, I loved how he was kind of not comparing to Alabama and Georgia, but he's super transparent. And it's really nice to have like a CEO type figure in front of a crowd and, you know, representing himself as a professional. And he simply just talked about, look, we're trying to create, we're trying to do sustained greatness. And we want to be like Alabama and Georgia. And it's going to take time to get there, but he feels like they're on the trajectory of getting to that point. That was one of my main takeaways, just listening to him talk about Alabama and Georgia and wanting to get to that point. Aside from the secondary and closing the gap on Alabama and Georgia, I loved everything that he had to say about Jaden Daniels. He was asked about it by Brooks Austin, one of our guys over on our network, and he went on and on about it. And he simply said that, you know, they knew what he was, a football player, like the football player aspect of things. But learning about how he is as a player in order to understand his tendencies was something that as the season went on, they started to understand more and more. And you saw him become more successful as the season went on. So one of my things was him just really talking about the developmental aspect things of Jaden Daniels and how he can kind of turn it up a notch and, you know, reach that next level this season. One thing to kind of talk about the holes that he mentioned because we, we're going to talk about the secondary and then we'll get to a lot of the positives uh, to take away from this. Zach, I did a pretty lengthy tutorial, if you will, maybe not tutorial, but segment about third down. I think that the three games you lost, not named Tennessee, the other three that LSU lost last year is because what they did defensively on third down. Brian mm -hmm. Kelly made a big emphasis on that. Now, I'm not trying to turn the heat up on Matt House. But you kind of could walk away with that in the argument of saying, like, hey, brother, you better turn up the heat on third down or else. Am I crazy to think that he kind of called Matt House out a little bit about what happened on third down last year? Hell no. I completely agree with that. Just because this team couldn't get off the field on third down, it, whether it was short, long, it didn't matter. Teams were punching us in the gut on third down and keeping their drives alive. And in turn, the defense would be exhausted by the fourth quarter. It, it killed momentum in every aspect of the game. So, no, that's not a crazy thought at all. And, yeah, it's, it's something that Matt House is going to have to focus on come fall camp and 
it's going to be something that's in my you know mind when I'm watching this Florida State game in Orlando in September. Uh, massively, because you can't do what you did with them last year on third down. You're going to get beat again. Um, so I do agree with that. I think Florida State's just a really good team. He was asked about his offense a lot. And every time that he was asked about his offense, so in the six times that we really got to listen, listen and hear from Brian Kelly, in all six, when he was asked about his offense, he, he picked out every single position group, right? Our buddy Chris Phillips over at Spurs Up asked him about running back and Logan Diggs. He was, you know, he said about his offensive line, about like, hey, man, I didn't know who my starting five was going to be last year. Talked about Malik Neighbors and the receiving core, Brian Thomas. Obviously talked about his quarterback, Jane Daniels. You know what you what he believes and thinks about him for bringing him to SEC Media Days and obviously confirming that he will be the starter. Of everything that Brian Kelly talked about offensively, he didn't really talk about a lot of holes, really. What was the biggest thing that you heard from Brian Kelly on the offensive side of the ball? One thing it was what he said before he hopped on stage, and that was <clears throat> about John Emery, you know, potentially being cleared to come back. Obviously, that wasn't something that he said on the stage in front of the crowd, but, you know, potentially getting John Emery cleared and back on the team is something that really stuck out to me just because that running back group is just absolutely loaded. Um, and then, you know, to add him back potentially into the mix, emphasis on the word potentially, um, would be huge for this for this program moving forward. But something that I'd love to hear him talk about as a wide receiver unit, Malik Neighbors is a top five wide receiver in the 2024 draft. I heard you talking about it a minute ago as well. And I saw the Athletics mock draft as well today. And, you know, you have, you have Marvin Harrison up there and then you got, you know, Malik Neighbors right there below him. So you, your receiving core is absolutely just astounding. And it's something that Brian Kelly's harped on, you know, quite a few times. So to hear him talk highly about that group, talk highly about Jaden Daniels' growth, I mean, I feel like it's just a recipe for success. You're returning so much talent, and he harped on that. You know, you're, you're, you're bringing so much returning experience back on this offense. The sky's the limit. Just like I said last week, it's just a complete reiteration of what I said last week. It is interesting that, Zach, I asked you if it's playoff or bust. I think Brian Kelly has tried to talk about how talented he is with that with going through expectations and saying, listen, man, this is college football now, and I inherited something really bad. But it gets back to the point in the question that I asked you last week that I kind of want to dive into a little bit more. I, I mean, I don't know if it's a bust if they miss because I think some bad things, you know, injuries, how do things happen? But, man, Zach, it's really hard for – it's the first time that I've gone into the season and felt to myself, even in 19, where I'm like, man, mm -hmm. LSU might be the best team in the West, and I don't think that's a hot take. It makes me nervous a little bit. I don't know how you feel, but I feel nervous when I say that out loud. And I can agree with that in a way because, you know, obviously going into any situation with no expectations, it kind of makes it just a clear cut you know, scenario, just walking into something great, just like last year was. You're not you know, going into this year. You're not the underdog anymore. And Brian Kelly said that, you know, we're contenders now and we believe that we can reach that next step. And to what you were saying before, if they don't reach the playoffs, it's, is that not like a, is a championship or a bust? I still think so solely because that's that next step after the SC championship game. You win that, you're there. And you already right. reached that point in year one. Sure, expectations are high. But I certainly believe that in order to continue elevating this program to new heights in every single aspect, you, you win another game and you reach the college football playoff. And I think it, that, that's just – it is what it is at this point. What did you take of anything else from SEC Media Days? I know Jimbo didn't confirm if he would or wouldn't call plays. You had Kirby Smart. What did you take from the, the rest of SEC Media Days? So and I love Zach Arnett. Um, oh, I do too, man. But I, I love too. Zach Garnett. I think I think Mississippi State's in great hands after the tragedy. You know, horrible situation that's happening up in Starkville uh, last season. But I think you have a great person coming in and taking over the program now. Um, I think he's an absolute dog. I think he's a unit, um, and I think he's going to be able to keep that trajectory of the program going upward. I don't think they're going to stall or have anything in that regard. I think you have Will Rogers, you have a great quarterback. So I think he's just going to be able to continue to you know keep going up the ladder, keep going up a couple of steps. Obviously, you know Mississippi State. It's a work in progress from that program as a whole, even when Mike Leach was there. So I think having him in the fold now is just an absolute great situation. That was a great takeaway of mine. Um, I certainly feel like Mississippi State's in good hands, and I'm excited to see what they can do uh, this upcoming season. Thinking about Jimbo. It, that was something that 
I see your face, dude. I know. It, it was something that I just... <laughs> I mean, it was bad, man. I mean, Zach... He just he has no filter. He kind of just says what it is and doesn't really think about it. He looked very unprepared walking up to that podium. And again, that's why I'm super grateful for Brian Kelly kind of being a CEO-type figure for LSU because it just makes me feel just always prepared in any situation. He's never going to F up in, in a horrible way. He took the uh, the recruiting jokes on the chin. He didn't say anything uh, bad in that regard. So I... I I was kind of embarrassed for Jimbo. I don't hate Jimbo. I don't hate Texas A&M, but it was definitely one of the more questionable coaches going up to the podium. I know I see your face. Just say it. Say what you're going to say. I, I didn't say anything. I'm waiting for you to say it. I say Have you ever you seen the movie The Anchorman? Uh, wow. You remember when he says, I don't believe you. <laughs> yes. I, I don't yes. believe you. I think you do hate Texas A&M. I don't like Texas A&M, <laughs> but I can't, I, I can't you. say this in front of like, all, like, you know, like, no, I don't like Texas A&M. Are you kidding me? Why would I? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you. I, I just think for me, it's the the lack that he won't commit to saying that Bobby Petrino's calling plays. On the plays. Yeah. That I, was a huge takeaway for me as well. You know, and, and so it, it, I get to a point where I'm like, well, number one, how did we lose to him last year? Okay, that that's number one. I, I mean, I know how you lost to him, but think you know. I kind of honestly felt this is so horrible. I kind of felt like how other school fan bases felt when Les Miles used to beat them. Like, how did that idiot beat us? Well, you, yeah. You know, like how did that happen? That's how I felt. Like, man, is this dude about to have a Les Miles type of run, toss, dive, and down their throats and? 22 personnel like what are we doing i i agree i i, I don't know how it ha we we know how it happened last year but i just can't believe that it happened last year is what i'm trying to say so jimbo was certainly a character up on the podium yesterday I, I'll, I'll leave it at that zach arnett i mean zach arnett see you said zach arnett earlier so i almost called you zach arnett you know mm -hmm. kind of got the buzz cut hair you know like i, I mean you Okay, no, y'all look nothing alike. All right, Zach Nagy is joining us. Um, what do you expect from Saban tomorrow? Do you think he names the quarterback? I do not, obviously, but um, what do you think you get from Saban tomorrow, if anything? I think you get your clear cut, you know, typical Nick Saban type guy. Um, no, I don't think he'll name a starting quarterback. I think that would be absolutely insane if he did. I think it's going to be another thing where it just segues into fall camp and work from there. It's, it's going to be a really important next couple of weeks for the Crimson Tide really intrigued with this roster i think it's it's going to be a big time shake back year for alabama i think they're going to be a, a pretty scary program once again you know last year was a relative down year for them obviously mm -hmm. um i think they're going to shake back in a pretty big way this upcoming season nick saban's going to step on the podium answer questions like a complete og like he always does <laughs> you, you never you never you don't know you know what you're getting from nick saban every time he's speaking in front of the media so i expect it to be the exact same situation once again once he goes SC Media Days again for the millionth time. I hear you. Uh, last one for you. Um, do you know officially by chance the day that LSU starts fall camp? Do you? I think it's know? August second, August third, one of those two. Okay. Whichever one. Yeah, I think it's August second or third. I have to double check. So I, I ask this to everybody that you know obviously goes to practices. I do not go to all of them because mm -hmm. look, some I'm not going to go watch dude stretch. I'm just. <laughs> uh, just not going to do it. Zach Nagy, day one, Bonnet opens the gate. You run to one position group. You want to see him. It, I know we talked about DB, but other than DB, where is Zach going? I'm going to check out that running back room. I'm okay. going to check out that running back group. I want to see how Logan Diggs is looking. He looks like he put on a decent amount of size. Really intrigued to see what he looks like from a physical stature standpoint. He's obviously an incredible back. Starting caliber guy could be your starter um, because during spring camp, they were just no running backs. You were working with walk-ons. You were, you were just completely injured. Fresh early enrollee Trey Holly, Trey Holly was, you know, manning the ship over there for the most right. part. So I'm running over to that corner in that back right corner. I'm going to check out those running backs, see what I'm getting from Logan Diggs, see how Armani Goodwin's looking a little bit. Uh, I want to see the early enrollees. Caleb Jackson's now on campus now. Absolute speedster. I know you're high on him too. So I love that because I, I am do. as well. So I want to see how that running back group looks. Other than that, you know, I'm going to walk over there, check out the secondary, see what we're working with over there. But running back group is something that I'm going to be 
you know, putting a lot of notes on, taking a good amount of video with, and I'm, I'm going to be checking that out in a big way. Zach Nagy joins us, LSU, LSU Country. You can follow him on Twitter at ZNaggy20 and SI Now. Thank you so much, buddy, for joining us. We'll get you back on soon. Appreciate it. Let's do it soon. All right, that's Zach Nagy. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. Let's get to our last commercial break. We got to finish out. Um, I got some things. <laughs> uh, God dog it. My damn notes on freaking. There we go. All right, we will finish out by talking just maybe some thoughts that we could see tomorrow as well. We'll get out of here. If you have any questions inside the Ruder Crew chat, uh, fireman say hashtag ask Blake. We'll finish out the show by doing all that. Let's talk about our good friends over at State Farm. Don't go anywhere. Don't leave me. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. It's pretty good. Got some text inside the text line saying, Blake, what's up with uh, this Zach Nagy guy? He was really good. I agree. I agree. Spectrum Wellcare says, Caleb Jackson is a dog. I do agree with that. I believe he will be. Penn Jones says, just signed up for the forum for another year. My man. My man. AYSSnetwork.com. Thank you so much, Penn, for doing so. A lot of fun going on the forum, man. A lot, a lot of fun going on over there at the forum. Dwayne D. Says, Blake, I know that you're a big Tony Gwynn fan. I am. He's my favorite uh, college, I mean, just major league baseball player, baseball player of all time. He says, how about that crazy stat versus Pedro Martinez and Greg Maddox? Uh, zero strikeouts. Yeah, and he, there's a lot, I think, that I think he had only like three total strikeouts between him when he faced Smoltz, Maddox, and Glavin. And they played against each other a lot. Tony Gwynn's my favorite baseball player of all time. I've listened to Tony a lot of Tony Gwynn, like talking about him and his uh, relationship with Ted Williams, getting up close to the plate and swinging as hard as you can. Tony Gwynn's probably my favorite baseball player of all time, man. I don't think it's I don't think it's close for me. Uh, Forbes, Josh Forbes on face on YouTube, excuse me, says, "Ask Blake, do you feel?" That one Aggie reporter was trying to rub salt in the LSU players in the interviews the other day. I don't. Um, so here's here's the thing that I think. Uh, here's the thing that I think about Texas A&M. Speaking of just other SEC media names, I actually have a clip from Jimbo. I want y'all to listen to this, right? This is Jimbo Fisher uh, yesterday talking about the Petrino thing. Take a listen to it situation a volatile why would it be in a volatile situation guys coach have you, have you ever been in any in any staff room that didn't that doesn't have arguments or disagreements every coaching staff in america has an argument or a disagreement that's part of it but no it's just i'm the boss we're the boss we'll do it at the end of the day but you listen to everybody's opinion everybody can voice their opinion i, I want guys with opinion i want guys who have knowledge i want guys who make you think i want guys to create different uh, narratives that brought to the table that can help us. I think that's the, I think it's the best thing you have. So that's Jimbo Fisher. And, and listen, I don't really care what the A&M guys have to say about LSU players. Their own head coach has issues like that. If I'm A&M, I'm so worried that Jimbo gets it right. I am so worried if Jimbo Fisher can get this thing sh this uh, right, can he get this house in order? Can he get this ship going in the right direction? If you're an A&M fan, you have zero faith, zero faith that Jim, or you should have zero faith 
that Jimbo Fisher could get this thing going in the right direction. That's that's kind of what I'm saying, man. Like, I know the games are played on the field, and you don't ever truly know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. But if you're LSU and you go into the season with hopes and expectations and you look at A&M, yeah, they got a crap load of talent. But none of you right now, none of you believe in Jimbo Fisher. If I said right now, tell me what your honest thoughts of Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M record will be, put them inside the chat. Put them inside the comment section. I know exactly what you're going to say. They got a lot of talent. They maybe their ceiling's nine and three, but probably like they always are, eight and four. That's gonna be what you say. That's what makes the expectations for an LSU so high. When you look at Alabama, you got Saban tomorrow that's gonna be talking, or today, if you're listening to this cut up clip. But today, you're listening to Nick Saban. And he's going to be asked about quarterbacks. He's going to be asked about play, replacing so many things. He's going to be asked about replacing both his coordinators. They have more question marks than they've ever had. Than they've ever had. Because it's not just the coordinators. Normally, normally, you would look at Nick and say, oh, he's got to replace a coordinator. Which, by the way, Kirby Smart was there on the defensive side for a long time. So he didn't have to really ever replace him just here recently but guys I mean do you have faith in Tommy Reese because I do not do you have faith in Kevin Steele I do not I don't have faith in any one of those quarterbacks right now so when you listen and you list expectations that's the reason you have them you know that you have an uphill uphill battle to climb against Georgia you know that man And if you don't know that, then you're confusing yourself. You're confusing yourself. You know, I see you inside the chat right now. Jared A says six and six this year. They'll do better. I don't think that they're going six and six. I I, I really don't. Paul Sub Martin says, unless it's another five and seven, AM is stuck with Jimbo. Through at least 2024, the entire 2022 recruiting br- uh, bunch will depart if 23 goes south. I agree. And they owe him a crap load of money. Want to know why Jimbo doesn't seem like he's got that hunger? Because he's owed 85 freaking million. That's why. That's why. He don't give a damn. (laughs) Why should he? Come on, man. John Sibley Butler, what's up, bud? Says Aggies are just due, which has lasted for last 30 years. Longer than that, man. It's lasted since the 1940s. They're due for what? Maybe their due date was the COVID year. And they missed. They missed. They got a lot of talent. You can't overlook them. But, you know, like I'm listening to Kirby Smart today, man. Like, I brought this up earlier. If if retention is the biggest key to victory, how are you going to argue with him? And, look, I... I'm going to say that Georgia's not going to win the national championship. I have no idea who's going to win it. I am – I always lean on history's side. Always, until you do something different. You know, man, we haven't had a three-peat since the Carter three. CP! Three-peat! No, not that one. We have not had a three-peat since Minnesota in the 30s. I'm not buying into, I'm not buying into them three-peating. It's not going to do it. Not going to do it. 
Can they win the SEC? Yeah. Is it Ohio State that breaks through? Uh, USC, Clemson? I don't know. Is it LSU? I don't know. What I do know, what I do know is the odds tell me not to say that Georgia's going to win a natty. But, man, I got to tell you. Man, I got to tell you. They're really freaking good, man. They're not going anywhere. So you better get used to it. All right. No show tomorrow. Uh, I have to head out of town for some family things. Uh, But we'll see you soon, man. We'll see you Thursday. So we'll be back Thursday. So we're just going to take that one day off. All right. See you all soon. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.